a couple of items to uh, uh, before I get started. I, I wanted to uh, welcome Glenn Schreiber. Glenn is our uh, district superintendent, and uh, he's visiting us from sunny Florida. The uh, um, he was instrumental, along with Dale Anderson, for getting this church started uh, many eons ago. Uh, so, Glenn, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, also, keep Pastor Matt in your prayer. He has uh, developed a uh, super cold, as Amy described it, and uh, it's the first uh, time he's missed a, a Sunday because of illness, so it's a different experience for Pastor Matt. So keep him in your prayers. It's interesting. I've been in this church for kind of a long time, and I've managed to avoid giving the message all that time. I'm not sure why. Maybe we're about to find out there's a reason this morning. <laughs> but uh, um, So this may be my last sermon, so you just bear with me if you will. The, I, I cling to the fact that God's word doesn't return void, no matter how inarticulate I might really be. So let's begin. In the uh, Larson house, household, the day after Thanksgiving, the clock starts. The Christmas tree's got to get up. It's got to get decorated. The house has to get decorated. The lights have to get put up. Uh, menus planned. Uh, Christmas lists to be generated. Uh, presents to be ordered and bought. Uh, events to go to. And of course, the Christmas newsletter has to get written. And don't forget to send out the Christmas cards. It reaches a point sometimes where the day after Christmas is a relief. I confess that maybe once or twice over all these years, I've gotten lost in the hustle and bustle of Christmas and planning and all the events and all the things we have to do and I've lost sight with what a powerful, emotional, life-changing experience Christmas was and can be. And I think if you're honest, this may have happened to you maybe once or twice. So this morning, we're going to look at the shepherds. And we're going to look at the emotions of Christmas. And we'll follow those emotions through a very familiar passage that we've heard hundreds of times. And along the way, I'll ask a couple questions. And my hope is that as we leave today, that we'll react the way the shepherds reacted. And that we'll be focused on what's really important about this time of year. But first, a few words about shepherds. Shepherds on the social scale at that time, well, they're one step ahead of lepers and tax collectors. It's uh, shepherds in the in the law at that time. They they aren't allowed to give testimony in court. 
because they're viewed as unreliable. The shepherds, being a shepherd is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, and they don't get down to the synagogues to do the ritual cleansing. So people tend to view the shepherds as unclean. And they, they, according to some of the records, they have a, an interesting view of possessions, kind of what's thine is mine, or is it mine from thine? You get the idea. So it sort of begs the question, why did God announce to, that the coming of the Messiah to a scruffy bunch of shepherds? I'll, I'll answer that question in a, in a few minutes. But uh, what's odd about that is, if you think back Jewish history, shepherds weren't always this way. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob were all shepherds. Moses was for a short period of time. Uh, David, of course, was a, was a shepherd. Even some of the minor prophets were shepherds. So... It's odd that, that these are sort of at the bottom of the social scale now, or in Jesus' time. But uh, we'll see how that all works together. Uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 8 in this oh-so-familiar passage. But this time when I read it, I want you to look for the emotions, words of emotion, or look for situations that cause emotion. So listen as I read God's word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory, glory to the highest, and peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. Thus reads the, the reading of God's word. Shepherds are funny. They have two basic jobs. The first is if one, to keep the flock together, but if one of them wanders away, they're supposed to go out and find the sheep and bring it back. 
Second thing is, if some predator decides that an evening meal of mutton is on their menu, their job is to go out and protect the flock. That's basically what the shepherds do as they move from pasture to pasture. And so, in this context, it was a normal night, cold and starry. Little did they know that the shepherds' lives would be changed forever. We see the shepherds working third shift. And, and suddenly, an angel appears. Now, when an angel appears, it's a big deal. It means something significant is about to happen. We can look back through all the incidents where angels have appeared, whether it's to Abraham or Sarah or Gideon or Balaam or all the others that where angels have appeared. But when angels appear, something significant is about to happen. And And but there's something else is going on here. The it says the glory of the Lord shone around him. This is the Shekinah glory, meaning the manifestation of God's presence on earth. We see Shekinah glory in a number of places in Scripture, whether it's the burning bush with Moses, whether it's the pillar of fire uh, leading the Israelites, or during the during the evening or the cloud during the day, um, in, the, in the tabernacle, and in Solomon's temple. The Shekinah glory resides on the mercy seat of the ark, separated by a veil, because you can't really see God's glory directly. It's too overwhelming. So we have an angel appearing with she the Shekinah glory going around, and the first words out of the angel's mouth are, fear not. Right. Nice try. They were terrified. And we would be too. Something important was about to happen. Then the angel adds, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. A couple thoughts there. I bring you news of great joy. Another word of emotion. What's about to happen is great joy. Sometimes we lose in this hustle and bustle of Christmas, we lose sight of the fact that this was joy, a joyous season. Sometimes we sing uh, joy to the world and it comes off our lips so easily and so familiarly. But this is a time of great joy. Second thing is, it says it's for all people. Now it's interesting, he could have said, this for all the Hebrews, or for all the Israelites, but it's for all people. Perhaps a foreshadowing of Jesus' ministry, including all the Gentiles. 
This message is for all of us, for all people. Then he goes on to say, And you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and this will be a sign to you. A sign? They've had the angel. They've had the glory of the Lord. What do they need a sign for? I'll address that question in a few minutes because there's something more going on here. But perhaps God felt that the shepherds needed some, some tangible validation of the message that was being delivered. So they couldn't write it off as just a dream. They needed something tangible. And as I said, I think there's another reason, and I'll touch on that in a few minutes. Now, one of the questions that gets asked now and then is, how much of this did the shepherds really understand? I mean, they're sort of this scruffy, illiterate bunch. But all Jewish boys, no matter what their social scale, get some basic training in, from, the, from the temple and the synagogue. They're, ta they're taught about the Abraham and Isaac and Moses and the history of their people. And they're taught that there's going to be a Messiah and that he's going to come from Bethlehem. So we see first that the shepherds were terrified. Now they're filled with joy and excitement because the Messiah is coming. And they understood this. And then I like this word, and then suddenly. I like that. And suddenly, a multitude of the heavenly host appears. Now, I can't begin to imagine what that is. My mind is just not big enough to understand the heavenly host arriving. It's just sort of maybe the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir times a thousand. But that seems so inadequate. The heavenly choir came. And one thing I do know, though, is I can imagine the jaws of the shepherds dropping. They're, they're filled with awe. Awe at the heavenly host that they see. It's... It's more than my mind can, can fathom. And probably more than theirs could too as well. We see the... Uh, the heavenly choir is providing something for the shepherds, and then we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but it's not going to be a silent night for the shepherds. The heavenly host saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Glory to God is a precursor to real peace on earth. What an interesting phrase. It's an emphasis on God, not man. It's an emphasis on God choosing man, not man choosing God. 
in our chaotic world, God brings peace. At this point, I'm not sure the shepherds really understood because the word peace is sort of interesting. Uh, the Roman Empire is at peace. It's, it's Pax Romana, Roman peace. Caesar Augustus is viewed as the savior, basically a god. And the Jews thought the Messiah was going to come and throw out the Romans and restore Israel to their former glory. That really doesn't sound like peace to me. So what peace is he talking about here? The peace that he's referring to is peace between man and God. The burden of sin that separates us from God is real. And the Messiah has come to make peace between us and God. So I'm not sure the shepherds really understood what was going on here. They were probably still in awe of what's going on with the heavenly, heavenly choir. But glory, glory to God for peace for among those who he is well pleased. I'd like the so far we've seen the shepherds go from terror to joy and excitement, now with awe. And, and I'd like to pause here and ask a couple of questions of ourselves. The one I started with was, why did God pick shepherds, that scruffy bunch, to reveal that the Messiah had come. I think it makes sense. As we read in the scripture this morning, the one of the nature of God is, is he, he's the shepherd of Israel. Shepherd being a shepherd is fundamental to God's nature. And, and we see it in a number of places. The Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23. Uh, Isaiah 40, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. We see it reflected in Jesus, the perfect Shekinah glory. John 10 says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Back then, and even in certain parts of the world today, when sheep, different flocks of sheep gather at an oasis, and they intermingle. When they're done drinking, the shepherd, lead shepherd calls out, and the, the sheep untangle themselves because they recognize their master's voice. Isn't that like us? We're the sheep of his pasture. We recognize our master's voice. And so I think it makes perfect sense that 
God would appear to shepherds because it's part of God's nature. A couple other thoughts on that. The Think of Jesus' ministry. He loved everyone. But he seemed to have a particular affinity for the disenfranchised, for the poor, the needy, the low in the social scale. So this is a foreshadowing of Jesus' ministry. It's perfectly appropriate that he would appear to the shepherds. Finally, um, some of the early writings suggest that the, the flocks between Jerusalem and Bethlehem are destined for use in the temple sacrifices. Isn't it interesting that God would reveal the perfect sacrificial lamb to shepherds that are watching over the imperfect sacrificial lambs? Isn't that an interesting thought? So why did God pick shepherds? It's because he's a shepherd. Perfectly appropriate. Makes sense. The second question that I might ask is, why the heavenly choir? I mean, really, was that necessary? They've had the angel announce that the Messiah has come. They've had the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory, shining around. What role did the, this heavenly choir play? Well, I think all, we see in Scripture that all creation groans under the weight of sin, waiting for redemption. And we see in the triumphal entry, Jesus saying, even the rocks would cry out if the disciples didn't praise God. So in this time when the boundary between the visible world and the invisible world was blurred, even the angels were waiting for this. And God gave the opportunity to angels to sing praise and glory to God. Isn't that interesting? Even the angels have been waiting for this moment, this time when the Messiah would come. God is providing them the opportunity. It's meaningful to them. It's meaningful to the shepherds. So the heavenly choir makes great sense. So now we see we should never lose sight of the fact that even the angels found this to be important and significant. And finally, well, we've seen the, the progression. The shepherds were terrified. They were filled with joy and, and excitement. They were overcome by awe. And now we see them, and I just love this phrase at the, towards the end. It says, finally we see the shepherds saying, hmm, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us. And they made haste. They didn't make haste. They were running as fast as they could down a hill. This is such a matter-of-fact verse. They were running. They were filled with hope. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be that the Messiah was coming? 
that the Messiah was here? Could it be true? They were running. It sort of reminds me of Peter and John running to the tomb to see what happened to Jesus. They were filled with hope. I can imagine them going into Bethlehem and uh, uh, knocking on doors, going places. Now, there can't be too many places where, uh, but scouting around, trying to find, is it true? And finally finding Mary and Joseph and the baby. I can imagine them just bursting in and, and words tumbling over their voices. Mary, did you know, it, it, there's this angel and there's this lights and this heavenly choir and, and their voices tumbling over themselves as they explained what happened to them because the shepherds' lives had been changed forever. And, and Mary treasured these things in her heart. Because we talked about the sign. It was important to the shepherds. I think the, the other reason is the sign was important to Mary. It would be 30 years before Jesus' ministry would start. I have to believe that at some point along the way she... Did I get this right? Did I really, did I misunderstand? Did I miss something? God gave her another element for her to hang on to, to remind her how special this was. Mary treasured these things in her heart. The sign was for her as well as the shepherds. And so we, we see the shepherds go from being terrified To filled with joy and excitement, overcome by awe, filled with hope as they race and run towards Jerusalem or toward to Bethlehem. And now we see them leaving. And I can imagine them telling everybody that they ran into the next day. Did you know what happened to us? It was amazing. There was this the Messiah is here, he's you know, they were filled with excitement. Isn't it interesting that the first evangelists to tell the good news were lowly shepherds? Yeah, isn't that an interesting thought? The first to tell the good news that the Messiah had come. The, I can, my mind's eye jumped to Years later, they're probably telling their grandchild, you know, a year ago, or a few years back, have I told you this story about, you know, what happened to us in that pasture? And I can see the grandkids rolling their eyes saying, are you going to tell us that story again, Grandpa? Because the shepherds' lives were changed fundamentally that night. And so... My hope is today that as you leave here that you won't be distracted by all the hustle and bustle of Christmas, all the things you have to do and the lists you have to do, but that you react the way the shepherds did. 
that you leave here praising and glorifying God and telling everybody that you run into about the amazing thing that happened 2,000 years ago, that the Messiah came and came to change the world. It changed the shepherds' lives. It can change your lives. It can tell, change the lives of the people that you tell. So I hope you leave here today reacting just like the shepherds did. And if you want to know what it was like, just ask the shepherds. They'll tell you. Amen? Amen.